Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Sunday afternoon, 19-year-old American midfielder Eunice Musa took the field for Valencia and put together his best performance as a professional, racking up two assists in Valencia's absolute destruction of Getafe. Getafe? 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 Musa showed off his patented ability to connect a defense with attack with brilliant penetrating runs, absolutely skinning defenders in the midfield and just leaving them to eat his dust and watching him pass by. But he's added things to his game this season, whereas previously he might have been able to connect defense with attack with a penetrating run, got to the final third and either lost the ball or just handed it off to someone else and allowed them to operate in the final third. We're seeing an evolution of Moose's game where he's looking for shots himself and apparently he's got a cannon of a shot. He's hitting through balls and he's being creative in a way that we just haven't seen before in his professional career. His first assist in the game for Valencia was just absolutely beautiful and is the type of thing that we're used to seeing from the absolute maestros of the game, the guys that we consider some of the best creative attacking players in the world. In the wake of Musa's masterclass, a new discussion has come to the forefront in the U.S. soccer world. Who is the better teenage prospect currently? Eunice Musa or the golden boy, Gio Reyna, who's been having injury issues for the last year. It's a very interesting discussion, and we'll get into more of that. Elsewhere, Christian Pulisic gets his first start of the season for Chelsea and puts together a decent performance, I would say. Josh Sargent continues to score goals for Norwich, picking up his fifth of the season, making his case even louder now that he should be a part of that September friendly window, the last friendly window before we head to the World Cup. And leads get absolutely smashed. All that and more on this episode of the Yank Report. What's up? My name is Sam. This is the Yank Report, the show about all things American soccer. If you're into that, hit the subscribe button. If you want to help out the video, hit the like button. You become a member. First things first, we got to jump right into Eunice Musa. But before we do, here's a word from this week's sponsor. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online where the game starts. Getting a front row seat for the progression of Yunus Musa has been absolutely remarkable. For the first time we saw him in the U.S. national team uniform, we knew that he was a quality player, and the fact that he was just 17 years old at the time really spoke to his potential and where he could be in a few years. Uh, during World Cup qualifying, we saw a Yunus Musa that stepped up as an absolute starter, as a dependable player for this team, and we saw little by little his ability, uh, his world-class ability to pick the ball up in the defensive third, break out of pressure, be an absolute unpressable player, and get the ball into the attacking third, where his ability to receive the ball under pressure in the defensive third and just beat that first man and oftentimes beat the second man and get out of pressure is absolutely remarkable. He's an unpressable player. He makes it so that the defense has to defend the U.S. differently because you just can't press, you can't be too aggressive when this player is on the field because he can make you look silly and he can rip holes in your defense. The issue throughout World Cup qualifying is that once Yunus Musa did get upfield, 
he was kind of a passenger at that point. He would deliver the ball to someone else or he would lose the ball. And he would kind of just wait around for the ball to get lost again where he would go and recover it and kind of start the process. He wasn't really a player that was impacting uh, the U.S.'s attack once the ball got into the final third. Well, fast forward to this season, and Valencia has one of my favorite characters in all of world soccer as their head coach, Gattuso. And Gattuso starts playing Yunus Musa in the midfield. And in the beginning, we're sort of seeing that same Yunus Musa that we saw in World Cup qualifying that would get to the final third and didn't really have the answers. But kind of game by game, we're seeing him add more pieces to, to, to his locker. Uh, just a few games ago, he unleashed that howitzer that was unfortunately called off, but knowing that he has that ability to hit those balls from outside the box, considering his ability to get the balls in that position, is pretty impressive and pretty exciting for the future. And then we get this game against Getafe, where he really shows off his passing and his willingness to be creative and try things in the attacking third. And he's really rounding into a player that can be an absolute top midfielder anywhere in the world. Already, there's rumors flying that like AC Milan is monitoring you and Musa, which is always like my favorite report in all of soccer that a, a top team is monitoring a player. Like, what does that mean? They added him on Thought Mob and like uh, they followed him on Twitter. I don't know what monitoring means, but the rumors are out there that these top clubs are at least interested, invested. I don't know, thinking about Yunus Musa, which at this point, how could you not be? Because the way this kid is playing in this league at this age, it's absolutely jumping off the page. And it's leading a lot of people to question, who is the U.S.'s top teenage prospect right now? Is it still Gio Reyna or has Yunus Musa surpassed him? This is an interesting question because I think we know in world soccer, just like any other sport, the guys that score the goals, the guys that score the points always get the headlines. The reason why Ronaldo and Messi keep winning Ballon d'Ors as opposed to Golo Conte or somebody like Casemiro, like these great defensive midfielders, is because the guys that put the ball in the back of the net are always going to be the, the guys that are garnering the attention. And I think Gio Reyna throughout his career is, is going to be a player that is going to be more effective at putting the ball in the back of the net than Yunus Musa. However, these guys who are the absolute engines of a midfield, uh, these guys who can connect defense to attack, these guys that can beat players in space with no problems, and these guys that can be creative once they get to the attacking third, they are pretty important and reliable players that make up the building blocks of a lot of the top clubs in the world. And Yunus Musa is showing that he can absolutely be one of these players. It's going to be really interesting, maybe after the World Cup, maybe a few summers from now, uh, if Gio Reyna and Yunus Musa are both in the transfer window at the same time, where each of these players end up and how much money is ultimately going to be paid for them. I think for my money, I think Gio Reyna still has the slight lead. I think we've seen things from Gio Reyna that are absolute, absolutely spectacular, but I think I think Yunus Musa is right there with him. I mean, he has come so far so quickly, um, and, and I think it is a, a reasonable debate. I think it's a reasonable question to ask. But the good news is both those players will be wearing the U.S.'s jersey whenever it comes World Cup time. Even though the jersey is pretty terrible, they're both going to be wearing it, so that's good news for us. Elsewhere, Christian Pulisic finally earns his first start of the season in a game against West Ham. In a game that, boy, watching it was not a whole lot of fun. Uh, Chelsea's attack is still really struggling to create chances, really struggling to uh, be cohesive in the final third and be attractive at all. You'd think a team that has so much money invested into it would be with so many great attacking players 
which is be more fun to watch, but it's not. Uh, after the game, I didn't have like I didn't feel great about Christian's performance, but after rewatching some of the highlights, I thought he was really effective, and he had some uh, moments where he was able to break into the final third. I thought he was much better in the midfield than he was in the final third. I think he did look a little bit rusty. There were some moments that he could have taken advantage of. Uh, two that really come to mind is uh, the moment where he had a shot with his left foot, but. Uh, didn't hit it very well. Not a great connection. And then there was a moment later in the game where I think it was Reese James uh, slipped him in, but he didn't anticipate the player on his back and allowed a defender to come in and clear it away. Uh, maybe if he's a little bit sharper, he puts that away at that point. So it's one of those things where I think he was pretty effective. I think you'd be hard pressed to say that he was any worse than any other the the other Chelsea attackers uh, that we've seen throughout the start of the season. But it wasn't a game that's going to demand that he's a starter moving forward. I think it's a game that demands that he's a part of the group moving forward. I, I think he needs to be getting more minutes. I think it was a game that Christian really needed. And as the fixture congestion continues for Chelsea, I think he'll be more and more involved uh, moving forward. Really good to see that after the incident where he walked off and, and after deadline day and after all the frustration with the transfer window, that he could kind of put that behind him, come out, get a quality start. Uh, put some nice things together and play some good soccer. Certainly not the peak Christian Pulisic, certainly not informed Christian Pulisic, Christian Pulisic playing at the highest level. I think he was solid overall. I think that's fair. Now, someone that is in his top form right now is Josh Sargent. He goes out against Coventry and picks up his fifth goal in the season. A really impressive streak, a really impressive August that saw Josh become the player of the month for Norwich. Really happy for him. Really happy to see the success that he's having right now. In the game, he picks up both a goal and, a, and an assist. And it's a goal and assist that it, it's the type of plays that you just weren't seeing from Josh Sargent a season ago. It, it's plays that come from him being very aggressive and being very confident. The assist came in a play where he took a player on um, and then found the open player streaking in for the assist. His goal was him beating a player to the back post and finishing. Just things that we weren't seeing from him previously that were all of a sudden seeing from him. It's like the switch has been flicked. And, and we're seeing that Josh Sargent that we always thought we could see at this level. Really exciting, really impressive. And at this point, I think he's got his name written in pen for that September friendly, which is just in time to see him get an opportunity at the World Cup. Now, is he the starter in the team? I don't think so. I think Jesus Ferreira still got it locked down. Ferreira has a really nice game himself for FC Dallas this weekend. Gets a goal, forces an own goal, um, had some really nice moments in the buildup, had some nice moments creating for other players. He's just the absolute rock for FC Dallas right now. Everything goes through him on offense. He's the playmaker. He's the target forward. He's the the goal scorer. I mean, he's just the everything right now for FC Dallas. Uh, so how will these players shake out in camp is going to be really interesting to th see in September. But I can tell you I'm feeling a whole lot better about our striker situation now than I was in like June or July. So that that's good. To, that's good. Now for some not so great news, uh, Leeds got absolutely smashed by Brentford five to two. Uh, it was one of those games where I, I think the scoreline uh, may have been a bit harsh to what we actually saw in the game. It was a little bit more competitive than the five to two scoreline. It's a game in which Jesse Marsh got a red card, uh, so he'll he'll be out for the next game as, as well as this game. Uh, a really frustrating game for Leeds, and I think the the blueprint that is out for Leeds right now. I think a lot of teams have figured out Leeds. Uh, that whenever you play this team, you don't possess the ball too much. You don't allow their press to become a factor. 
you kind of sit back and, and counterattack them. And I think that's what we saw, and I think that's what we're going to see from a lot of uh, of the of the let's say outside Big Six teams uh, in the EPL that Leeds takes on. It's going to be ha- something that they have to figure out. So I think it's back to the drawing board for Leeds in a lot of ways. Now, for our American players at Leeds, I think Tyler Adams had another Tyler Adams game. Uh, he's pretty much been ad- as advertised and shown up every game for Leeds, and I think he's he's solidified himself as a quality EPL defensive midfielder. Brendan Aronson just continues to impress for Leeds. I think he's continuing to add more things to his game. Um, he's one of those players we talked about um Players who have a world-class ability. I think Brendan Aronson has a world-class ability, his ability to press and pressure. Uh, But as we said before, what if the opponent does not allow you to do that? What if the opponent takes that away? you still got to find ways to be effective. And I think Brendan Aronson is rounding out more and more areas of his game. He's playing really confident right now. He seems to be really in form. It looks like the Leeds fans have really taken to him. They've, they've created a song in his honor. And I think week after week, we're just picking out more things in his game where it's like, I, I've never seen him do this before in this situation. I've never seen him try this before. And that I think that comes with confidence and that comes with experience and that comes with a coach that's backing him to go out there uh, and be creative and try things. And I think he's delivering that. Uh, so really good to see from Brendan Aronson. Just a lot of American players playing well right now, which is exciting as we head to September. Now, since we last spoke, deadline day has come and gone, and we saw some big transfers for some American players. Uh, I think the big headlines go to Serginho Des, who gets the move out of Barcelona over to AC Milan. Now, there's question marks there because AC Milan seems to have uh, solidity and depth uh, over at the right-back position. So there's questions about how, where does... Serginho Des fit in for this club. Uh, however, I think any destination is better than Barca where he was, where it seemed like there just wasn't a lot of faith from the coaching staff and he wasn't going to get minutes over there. So I think any move anywhere is better than the situation he was in. Elsewhere, John Brooks finally gets the move to uh, Benfica. It, it was, you know, the, the John Brooks saga has been going on for so long. I mean, if you remember... Uh, it, it, I think it was January whenever uh, he was told that he wasn't going to be re-signed by his club. It, it took way down to the deadline. There, there was connections to him to Mallorca. Then all of a sudden he rejects that deal and ends up at Benfica. Going to be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, it sounds like they have a lot of injuries at center back. Uh, kind of a crisis mode at center back for that squad. So he'll get an opportunity. Maybe. We'll, we'll see. We, we don't really know the, what exactly Benfica has planned and in store for John Brooks. Uh, for that position. Is he there to be an answer for them? Is he there to be a stopgap for until their players kind of return to health? Uh, What exactly is going to be his role? Whatever it is, I think it's a little bit too late for him to be considered as part of the September window. I mean, considering he hasn't played soccer in an awful long time, he's missed all of preseason and he's missed uh, the beginning of the regular season. He's going to be way behind in fitness of the rest of the players. It's going to take some time for him to get up to speed. So by the time that he's actually getting minutes for Benfica, it's probably going to be too little too late to be considered for the World Cup squad. All that to say, uh, congratulations, John, for getting the move. Really excited to get to see him play soccer again. And last but not least, striker Ricardo Pepe gets his move to Groningen of the Eredivisie over in the Dutch league. Uh, of course, Pepe was just getting absolutely no minutes at all over at Augsburg. Uh, that move has proven to be not great uh, for the furtherment of Pepe's career. Uh, so hopefully he'll at least be able to get some minutes over in the Dutch league. 
maybe save his bid for the World Cup, even though I think that ship has sailed also, considering the performance of some of the other players around him. Uh, but excited nonetheless for him to be potentially get back on the field and get back into form and, and back to regular minutes. Uh, excited to see Ricardo Pepe play soccer again. Now, there's not all good news. Uh, there are some causes for concern, uh, namely Jedi picked up a knock, so he was out this weekend. Uh, it seems like it's not a big deal. Hopefully it's not, because I think we all know the left-back situation for the U.S. Men's National Team is not the strongest position, and we're looking for Jedi uh, to really carry the weight uh, heading into November. Uh, Jordan Pifak, likewise, was out a game, another one where it doesn't sound like it's a really big deal, uh, but he's one of the players that everybody's expecting to be one of the strikers called in for the September window. And Tim Weah is still out. So at this point, there's real question marks as to whether or not Weah is going to be a part of that September window as well. Uh, considering he's been out for so long, he'll probably, once he does return to action, uh, get slowly brought back in. Uh, this camp is only two weeks away. That's not a lot of time for him to really get back to 90 minutes fit. Uh, so I, I really begin to questioning whether or not he's going to be a part of that September window. Uh, if I were to guess right now, if I were to bet, I would say probably not likely that he'll be a part of the September window. Really disappointing, but stranger things have happened. So that is your Road to Guitar update this week. What was your biggest story coming out of the weekend? Did you get a chance to see Eunice Musa play uh, for Valencia this weekend or at least see the highlights I mean just an absolutely phenomenal game for the kid you're really excited for him excited for Christian Pulisic to get his first start of the season what do you think about his game what do you think about Leeds so far I mean they come out of the gate they get the big win against Chelsea uh, but now they seem to be kind of sputtering a little bit they find themselves right mid table uh, some, some good games some not so good games Jesse Marsh gets the red card let me know in the comment section as always si puede hablar espanol dame un comentario in Espanol. If you want the Yank Report and podcast form, you can get it anywhere you get your podcast. Just look for the Yank Report podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for subscribing, for liking. If you really want to support the channel, go the extra mile. You can become a member. Uh, those memberships really help keep the channel going. Shout out to my tier two members, Manuel Alvarez, Mike Irish, Chris Matassa, Matthew Doyle, Matthew Hanna, Dan McVeigh, and Michael Baker. Guys, thank you so much for watching. My name is Sam, and this is the Yank Report brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.